0: if you would, to Isaiah chapter 28. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 28. As you can see, and as we've already talked about, this is our theme uh, reveal, if you would. Everybody wants to reveal things. you know, uh, I, you know, back when my wife and I were having kids, You just kind of told people, now they have big parties and, you you know, and (laughs) I I don't get it. But anyway, um, so this is our theme introduction and we are going to be talking about over the next several months uh, into the year, uh, having a firm foundation. And as I prayed for direction this year, uh, I, I, I usually start praying for the theme for next year, usually around June, June or July, I start praying and asking for direction. And, and this year I, I struggled. I, 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 um, for lack of better terms, argued with God. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I kept, I, I kept, Getting the idea that I needed to, we need to, we as a church need to go back to the beginning. And as I prayed about it and finally gave up to God on it, um, the idea of a foundation came to me because really, is that not the beginning of a building? Okay, we're going to be, this is going to be a building theme, obviously, this year. And what do you start with? Uh, You start with a foundation. Uh actually you start with a set of blueprints, isn't that right, Marnie? <laughs> and and I'm here to tell you this is the blueprint. Okay. So once you get your blueprints, okay, then you go to the foundation. And so so we're gonna we're gonna start there this morning. And uh because <clears throat> the the blueprints are very important. But the foundation is the thing that God gave us—a sure foundation. He gave us the chief and precious cornerstone. He gave us this, those things. So this 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 morning we're going to start looking, and and I don't care how long you've been saved, I don't care how many how how often you read your Bible. You could you could read your Bible 20 hours a day and i believe that this this series that we're going to do is going to help you. I don't care how much time you spend praying. Periodically, we need to reevaluate our foundation. And that, let me let me illustrate it to you this way. How many of you have ever bought a house? Okay, M- most of us, okay? What is what is one of the things <clears throat> Oh, you're fine what is what is one of the things that you do when you buy a house? You hire a home inspector, right? And what what does that home inspector do? Uh, uh, amongst many things, he is supposed to check for foundation issues, is he not? Or she, it could be a she, doesn't matter. but the the home inspector is one of the many things that they are supposed to do is evaluate a home, for structural or foundation issues. So how does a home inspector inspect your foundation? Do they get a a backhoe onto your property and dig a hole next to your house and look at it? No, they can't do that. They, They would ruin your house. So how does a home inspector inspect your house for foundation issues? Okay, visual, or or external issues. Okay, uh, external issues. So um, let le, let me let me help you here. Uh, 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 they will look for uh, cracks in the foundation. They'll, uh, if it's a slab, they'll look for cracks in the slab. Um, if if they're visible, sometimes they're not. Uh, certain certain cracks in sheetrock. Okay. Now, there are some cracks in sheetrock that are not an issue, but there are some that are. Um, they will look at, uh, on the outside of a building, if, if the, the siding is separating and there's gaps in the siding, that can be a, uh, an obvious uh, takeaway. Uh, if the doors and windows don't open properly uh, in a part of a house. Uh, that can be uh, evidence of uh, foundation issues. <clears throat> uh, another one is if a, a chimney is leaning away from the house. Now, actually, that's a, that's a, that's a big problem. Actually, in a in a lot of, you know, if the soil is unstable, <clears throat> the chimneys will lean away from the house. Um, big big problem. Okay, so th- there there are a lot of things there are a lot of external evidences of what's going on with the part of the house. You can't see, you get my point. Okay. No matter how old the house is, no matter how many times it's been sold, what's the inspector going to do check for foundation issues. And one of the mistakes that we make as believers, I believe, is we get to the point where we think the foundation of our faith isn't important. And we need to periodically go back and reevaluate our foundation, just like you should do in your own home or a home that you're going to buy. Years ago, I worked on a house <clears throat> big, big old farmhouse out in the middle of the country. I mean this thing massive house it was probably five or six thousand square foot house, just massive house <clears throat> built back in the probably in the in the turn of the century, maybe as late as nineteen twenty, but probably about the turn of the century. You know what we found underneath that house? They built this massive house. On rocks, they put a they put a big old boulder at every corner of the house, and there were a lot of corners. But still, that was it. Needless to say, <laughs> you walk through that house. Guess what? <laughs> it creaked, but ev- everything went up and down. I mean, you were. Con- I mean, it was. It was. But on, from the outside, it was this massive house, and it was just beautiful. But when you went inside, it was all. It was all messed up inside. Why? Because it had no foundation. Now, question. <clears throat> Why should we check our spiritual foundation periodically? Because, alive and well. because Satan is alive and well. And we don't always recognize. We don't always recognize when things are not right in our lives. Because we, you know, the closer you are to something, the 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 the, the harder it is to see. So my my point is this, how do we examine our spiritual foundations? Do we dig up our foundation no we can't do that so how do we examine our foundation the same way a home inspector checks for foundation issues in a in a in a house and that is external evidences let me give you a few <clears throat> how do you handle pressure <laughs> Not well. We're all guilty. How do, we, how, how do you handle relationships? Especially ones that go south on you. How do you react when the storms of life come? And these are all things we're going to be talking about over the next, over the next year or so. How do you deal with anger? See, these are all external evidences of what is going on in the foundation of your faith. How do you react when disappointment comes your way? What is your attitude toward the blueprints? The Word of God. How much time do you spend reading the Word? See, these are all things that will tell you what your foundation looks like. So what we're going to do <clears throat> over the next year or so is we're going to study the parables of Christ. As I as I thought about this idea of the foundation, I kept thinking but where you know what what can we study as a church? What what is the thing that we can do that we can go back and really dig into the foundation and really establish strong foundations. And, I, and, and the Lord just one day just gave me this idea of the parables of Christ. You can't get any more basic than that. Because what, what did Jesus do in his parables? He, he, he takes complex spiritual issues and he brings it right down and he, and he hand feeds it to us. So that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be looking at the parables of Christ over the next year or so, and many of the parables are very closely related, but we're going to study them anyway. Because if Jesus repeated something, you think there's a reason? Chances are we kind of need it. But I wanted to start with Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. It says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time together. And Lord, as I share my heart this morning, I do ask that you would speak to everyone's heart. Lord, we need you this morning. We desperately need you. And Lord, we ask that you just do a mighty work. We love you and we thank you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Here we are given... The, the description of a firm foundation God has put in our lives a firm foundation and what we need to do is build our lives on that foundation but this morning we're going to take a different direction if you would i wanted to start off <clears throat> i don't i don't even know but but anyway, the, we're, we're, the title of my message is this this morning. A Broken Foundation. A Broken Foundation. Did I not give these to you, Chris? Yeah, I think I messed it up. Oh, yeah, okay. That was the one slide I didn't put in. <laughs> That's okay. A Broken Foundation. <clears throat> so as we as we start this process of... A sure foundation I wanted to start with what happens when the foundation is broke now I've used this illustration before but I I felt it was appropriate uh, for for this morning's message but uh, years ago when I was a licensed builder in South Carolina uh, I, I knew of a builder that that built a house and he, he was he was just breaking into the new home part of the market and he wanted to build a house that was just spectacular. It, it, he wanted to, when you walked into this house as a potential home buyer, he wanted to wow you with, with this house. So what he did is he, <clears throat> he you know, pulled his permits, he got everything in line, he handed his blueprints to a foundation guy, a foundation guy came in, uh, dug the foundation, poured the concrete, and then he and his crew came in and started framing this house. And everywhere that the plans call for a two by four uh, for wall wall width or whatever, he put in two by sixes. And then for floor joists and and ceiling rafters and everything, every uh, if it called for a two by six or a two by eight, he put in a, a two by ten or, or whatever. He 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 over. Overdid everything. And he built an incredible house. But there was a problem. What was the problem? He didn't adjust the foundation foundation for the weight of the house. And guess what happened? The foundation failed. Because the, the the weight of the house was not in was not adjusted to to the foundation. And the foundation failed. And every and he lost everything. I really felt bad for the guy. I mean I appreciated his his attempt to really build a nice house, but he forgot to reinforce or enlarge the foundation to accommodate the extra weight of the wood there is an important truth here foundation issues can be repaired okay there there are companies out there that all they do is repair foundation issues that's all they do and they make a lot of money doing it. Did you know that even the Leaning Tower of Pisa? Pisa? I always want to say pizza. I don't know. <laughs> the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Um, did you know that they have repaired the lean? It's not. It's not. It's not continuing to lean anymore. Yeah, they came in and the engineers figured out what was causing it. Well, they knew what was causing it, it was the the uh, the, sto- the soil, but they brought in uh, cables and and they took out the bad soil and they brought in counterweights and and reinforced the foundation. Anyway, they did all this stuff and and it's it's still leaning, but it's not leaning any further anymore. And they 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 leave it they leave it leaning on purpose because it literally brings in millions of dollars a year. Tourism. <laughs> so they don't they don't want to upright it, but they, they, they leave it that way. But anyway, my point is this there are times when, spiritually speaking, our foundations are broken. How do we fix it? How do we fix our spiritual foundations, so to speak? So this morning, let me I want to encourage you because this is something that if you've been saved for any amount of time you've probably dealt with situations where you don't know what to do hopelessness in some cases what do you do when you need to repair your foundation spiritually number one know the chief cornerstone know him that word no, there is a no by experience. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20, it says, Ye are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself <clears throat> being the chief cornerstone. Knowing Christ is the first step in repairing the foundation, because he is the foundation. John chapter 10, verses 25 to 30 it says, Jesus answered and answered them and uh, I, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice. Again, this is a this is a knowing of of experience, of spending time with Jesus. Because the believer here that he's talking about knows his voice. And I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. How well do you know him? Do you know Jesus Christ? Have you ever been saved? If you have, how well do you know Him? If you haven't been saved, let me help you here. First, you must realize that God loves you. John chapter 3, and verses 16 and 17, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The second thing you need to know is we must realize that we are sinners. Each of us need to understand that we're all sinners. John chapter 3 and verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The next thing we need to know is that there is a price to be paid because of our sin. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The next step to knowing Jesus Christ is your Savior is to realize that Jesus is the one who paid that price. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then finally, we need to repent and ask God to forgive us of our sins. And he will do that. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For what the man what excuse me for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We need to know the cornerstone. We need to know Jesus Christ. The second point this morning is let him do the work. Let him do the work. When I was a building contractor, <clears throat> it was an amazing thing that people would call me periodically and say, Hey, I need you to come and look at a project I started. <laughs> it would it would it would have been cheaper if they'd have just hired me to begin with. You know what, sometimes we just need to let Jesus do the work. We we get so busy trying to fix ourselves when He is the fixer, and we just mess it up even worse. Philippians chapter two and verse thirteen, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. Isaiah chapter twenty-eight, where hopefully you're still in Isaiah. Look at look at uh, uh, verse nine. It says who? Whom, excuse me, whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drown from the breast. But look at verse ten. This is this is important. Please get this. From precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line. Line upon line, here a little and there a little. It takes time to grow. It takes time to build a good house. I knew. I, I, again. I, I knew another builder uh, in in South Carolina that <clears throat> prided himself on how fast. He could build houses. Um, he actually was trying to get me to come to work for him as a superintendent. So I, I, I went and talked to him. I, went, I really wasn't interested, but I went and talked to him. Anyway, <clears throat> he was telling me how fast they built houses and all, all the shortcuts that they took and blah, 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 blah. And <clears throat> they they would build out neighborhoods in record time. It was It was incredible how fast they were building entire neighborhoods. he told me that the fastest that they ever built a house from the time they pulled the permit to the time they had their final inspection was 30 days. Now, if you know anything about construction, you know that is really stupid. Because, and the reason why is because when you buy wood, guess what? It's still wet. And, you build a house in 30 days. What's going to happen as soon as the the power comes on and the heat is turned on in that house? <laughs> it's going to start moving and 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 settling. And yeah, it, it's just a, yeah. And when he told me that, I I, I almost got him walked out of his office. You know, because there's no way in the world I would ever work for somebody that stupid. But what I felt sorry for were the people buying the homes. Because they had no idea, and guess what? I got a lot of calls from those people complaining, and, "Hey, can you come and fix you know my you know my sheetrocks literally falling off the wall and blah 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 blah?" It's sad, but a smart builder will let the house sit before they close it up. Why? Give it a chance to to cure, if you would. Let the wood dry so that the settling is at a minimum. It takes time to build a strong house. And it takes time to build a strong Christian life as well. And so often we get in a hurry. I I remember remember a man that got saved here. He's, He's with the Lord now, but... Uh when he got when he got saved, he was he was older and I mean, he wanted to know everything right now. He felt like he'd been missing out his whole life and he just he wanted everything right now. And I used to tell him, look, 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 just just slow down. Okay? You need to you need to take baby steps here. But I don't have that much time. So just slow down a little bit. Why? And, and and we live in a society today. Most most people refer to it as a microwave society. Why? Because we want it. We want it now. But that's not how God works. He works precept by precept, line upon line. Here or there, here a little, there a little. That's how God works in our lives. Go into Bible studies. Come into to church services and learning and growing. Spending time in the Bible, reading the word. It's just little little bits of nuggets, if you would. If we try to hurry the process, we'll end up with a house that's very poorly built. Number three. How do we repair our spiritual, our spiritual foundation? Number three. Remember, damage always leaves a scar. Damage always leaves a scar. Psalm chapter 40 and verse 2. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he established my goings. Now we look at this and we, we think, wow, isn't that an awesome picture? But really think about this picture. What is the, the idea here? The horrible pit, or uh, out of the miry clay, we, would, we could probably refer to that as like quicksand. And if you were uh, <clears throat> up to here in quicksand and somebody reached down and pulled you out, what would you look like? <laughs> You'd be a mess. And that's exactly the picture we have here. God reaching down and pulling somebody out of the miry clay of life and setting them on the rock doesn't change the fact they're they're still going to be a mess. And there's going to be a cleaning process that's going to need to take place, but your feet are planted on the rock. As I prayed for the theme this year, I I was very, very particular on the visual that I wanted for this year. And you can look at the banners and you can see the visual that I'm talking about here. I was very particular about what I wanted as a visual. Now there's something in in this graphic that is very important. Anybody know what it is? No? It's the hand. It's the hand. Why? Because the house is sinking, right? But this is a, to me, this is why I picked, that's why I wanted this. It's because to me, this is a picture of God reaching down and picking up the mess that I made out of the miry clay and setting my feet upon the rock. I love the graphic here because it is a to me it's a perfect picture of Psalm chapter forty and verse two. We must never forget that God is always there to pick up the pieces. Another key word: pieces. First John chapter one and verse nine: If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isaiah chapter one verse eighteen: Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The promise here is is, is really clear. Ask or confess and God will forgive. It's, it's, it, it really is that simple. But never forget the consequences of sin will remain. I had a friend many years ago. In fact, he worked for me. Uh, He was one of my more faithful uh, men on my construction crew. He worked for me for several years. He grew up in a pastor's home. He was saved as as a young man. But one night, he made a mistake. in a a moment of weakness, he made a mistake. He confessed his sin and God forgave him. And a few weeks later, he became very sick. Ultimately, it took time. But ultimately, the sin that he had committed... Ended up taking his life. And he died about 30, right? Yeah, he was young. Died in his early 30s. I'm here to tell you, God forgave him. But the virus killed him. And even though God forgave him, there were still consequences for his actions. And we can come to God, and we can confess our sin. First John chapter one and verse nine. It's one of my favorite verses. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just To forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And He will. But the consequences of my sin are still there. In fact, I I wish I'd have thought about it. I didn't think about it until just now. Not only does He forgive us, but He forgets our sins. He, well, let me, let me rephrase that. He doesn't forget our sins. He chooses not to remember our sins. Yeah. How, how many of you have ever done like me where you do something stupid in the morning and you say, God, please forgive me? Usually for me, it's, well, I won't know. You don't need to know. Um, <clears throat> and then about lunchtime, you do it again and you say something like this, God, forgive me again. And then about dinner time, you do it again. And he said, God, I did it again. You know what God says? Did what again? Why? Because he had forgiven me. And he chooses not to remember. He doesn't hold it over your head. And he doesn't say, okay, Rick, that's number three today. (laughs) He doesn't do that. That's an awesome God. And the promise is if we will confess, he will forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Make us white as snow until we do it again. (laughs) But the consequences are still there. In closing, let me ask you a question. Just suppose, just suppose, There are two houses next door to each other. And they're absolutely identical in every way. But one has a foundation that has failed, but it's been repaired. And the other has a foundation good and strong. And you're going to buy one of these two houses. And because of the laws that we have here, the foundation issue was disclosed to you. And you know about it. And you know it's been repaired and certified and inspected and all that. But you're standing there looking at two identical houses, all things being equal. Knowing one has had a foundation issue, the other one has not. Which one would you pick? More than likely you'd pick the the one with the good the better foundation right that's that's human nature why because you would be fearful of future problems would you not i have another question for you What kind of life do you want to live? Do you want to live a life that is constantly in repair, or do you live, want to live a life that is set upon a foundation firm and strong? Now you're still going to have issues. That, you know, life is life, and things are going to come and go. But what kind of foundation? are you looking for? Are you wanting to build your life on Jesus Christ or are you wanting to build your life on your own abilities? It's really that simple. And this, this year, as a church, we are going to be looking at the firm foundation that we all should be building our lives upon. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. He has shown, (coughs) excuse me, he has showed the old man what is good and what that the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with I God. Now I want you to look at this verse, and there is one word in this verse that is really, really, really important. Good guess. You want it? it I'll give you this. It's three letters. Let me point it to you. Thy God. See, God wants to be your God. He doesn't want to be a God. He wants to be your God. And he wants you to build your life upon him. He has shown thee, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. That's what he wants from you. What does your foundation look like? how do you handle the pressures of life? How do you handle the storms when the storms of life come through? How do you handle the relationships when things go south on you? See, these are all evidences of the external things that tell us what our foundation looks like. Recently, I was talking with someone who has a friend who's going through a lot of emotional issues. He says, how do I help them? Get them to the foundation. The foundation. How do we deal with the pressures of life? How do we deal with the storms? Because the storms of life are going to come. There's no question about that. How do you deal with it? First and foremost, it starts when he becomes your God. So let's spend some time this year reevaluating our foundation, spending some time looking hard at who we are down deep inside. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your love, and thank you for the opportunity for me to. You've given me this morning to share my heart. And Lord, the, the reality is we all have ex- experienced disappointment. We've all experienced making bad choices. But how do we fix it when the foundation is broken? What, what do we do? We turn to you. And we allow you to pick us up out of the miry clay of life and set our feet upon the rock. Help us, dear God, to walk with you. Help us to never forget, never forget what you've done in our lives. With every head bowed,